Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. Let's get into this big Tom Brady news, man. Oh, Again, gosh. Tom Brady is playing chess, not checkers. Now, I try to do my best to prepare myself for life after football, right? Put a lot of work in. Mm-hmm. Was broadcasting while I was playing for the New York Jets. Was in the you know media market capital of the world to set myself up for the future to do what I'm doing now. But this guy Tom Brady, right? He set himself up not for next year, possibly not even the year after that. Maybe the year after that, right? Because this <laughs> deal is whenever Tom Brady decides to walk away, and we saw this all season that we don't know when that's going to be because we thought he was going to retire. But right. didn't retire. And, and the statement from the exec chair and CEO, Lachlan Murdoch, states, we are pleased to announce that the immediately that immediately following his playing career, seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady will be <clears throat> joining us at Fox Sport as our lead analyst. Over the course of the long-term deal, over the course of the long-term agreement, Tom will not only call our biggest NFL games with Kevin Burkhart, but will also serve as an ambassador for us, particularly with the respect to client and promotional initiatives we are delighted that tom has committed to joining the fox team and wish him all the best during the upcoming season now when this news broke tom brady took the twitter right he said excited uh, he said excited comma but a lot of unfinished business on the field with the tampa bay bucks hashtag lfg i mean there's so much to really unpack here, Omar, I want to throw it to you because again, we we gonna we gonna break down the LFG. Are we gonna break down the mm-hmm. let's, let's fuck go? Let's it should have said it should have said hashtag. Yeah. It should have said hashtag thirty more million dollars real quick oh playing my, for Tampa oh Bay. Thirty, thirty. And, and let's to put this into perspective, right? Tom Brady in his career before this season has made up to up to three hundred and two million dollars in in contractual football football money right not endorsements you yes. know just for playing right. football i believe he's making 30 mil this year so that pushes it up to 332 but still this fox money money surpasses that yeah and it's not even close right. 375 million dollars on a 10-year deal fox must believe that a lot of people are going to be tuning in to hear what tom brady has to say i i, I am stunned i i am appreciation and respect for you know as as what, what rapper says get paid get paid um, <laughs> um was that your change I can't remember. Which no, it was, Dolph. It, Dolph. was Dolph. Yeah, it was Dolph. It was Dolph. It was Dolph. It was Dolph. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. That's right. But, and I want all my journalists, I want all my analysts to, to get money. But that's ridiculous. That's to be an analyst for $37 million a year, getting Ooh. paid more than you were for being the quarter best quarterback of uh, no, ever, all time. ever, yes. ever. <laughs> I was going to say a generation, but you yeah. know, it's ever. Right. Can I ask y'all a question, though, about that? You were, ahead, you were saying, dudes, is. is is part of that deal is uh, they want to pay him to be the ambassador. I almost feel like the chunk of that money is we're going to pay him this money to be our ambassador. And Mm. and whether or not he's a great uh, caster, we just Mm. don't know. But just having Tom Brady's name on Fox Sports, you know, is worth $25 million a year. I don't know if he's going to be as good, but if if he's as funny as he is on on uh Twitter, TikTok yeah, and Twitter yeah. then then Social he's going to be funny but I'd still I would have given that money to to the Manning brothers myself. Yeah, we're going to bring in our producer Evan. This is I am athlete tonight. I am your host Lee J Doosable with Auntie Chantel. 
and Omar yeah. Kelly. We're going to bring our uh, bring in our producer, Evan. Uh, Evan, what do you think about this? I mean, because this is an a, enormous <laughs> amount of money. Right. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I've broadcast before. Two quick points. The first point is that I'm watching. I can't wait to see what Tom Brady has to say in the booth. But the other point that I want to make is this, right? The second highest paid broadcaster in NFL broadcasting is Troy Aikman. ESPN just paid him and he'll be making $18 million a year. And Troy Aikman is considered by many the best in the game. He's been doing this a very long time. And Tom Brady is going to come in and make more than double that Mm. despite having zero experience in the broadcast booth i just wanted to put that out there for you guys real quick yeah i mean that, that's something that that shows the power of tom brady and his influence right evan because fox is 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 hedging their bet saying that people are going to want to tune in just to hear tom brady um you know it he's better much- come with giselle bunching it, it better be a package <laughs> she better be in the booth too she gotta be in the booth too but i just think people know the work ethic that tom brady has on the football field. And I think right. Fox looks at that and they're like, well, he's going to give that same type of effort, you know, in the, in the booth while he's, you know, the color analyst calling our top games, right. With Kevin Burkhart. Right. I just, I just think that's an enormous amount of money for a guy that's never actually been in the booth before. But and you got to pay him double dudes. You got to pay him yeah. double what, what Troy Aikman got because Troy Aikman has what three Super Bowls and and uh, Brady got more than double that. So I like how you did that one right there. I like how you did that. But this isn't the first time a goat has tried to make the transition from the field to the booth. Right. Joe Montana gave broadcasting a shot after winning four Super Bowls in 15 seasons. But it didn't turn out quite (laughs) successful. Right. Tell him. So the NFL legend told the New York Post that in 2021 that he quit at a halftime uh, game during the Super Bowl broadcast. Montana was part of the Super Bowl uh, broadcast team while the Dallas Cowboys were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers to close out the 1995 season and decided that this wasn't for him. He walked away at halftime, pulled Devontae Davis. Now, I just can't believe I, I'm just now hearing about this story. Like, Omar, you said that, you know, you were you know, a young adult or a teenager at this time. Yeah. Do you remember any of this? I remember that Super Bowl. I don't remember him leaving the broadcast, nor did this was before the age of social media. I'm sure today's sure. age, we, you right. know, the world would go crazy about right this. Um, but yeah, we, I, I had never heard that story myself. I, I had always wondered why he never partaked in, in, in media, um, never parlayed his professional career as, as one of the goats into, you know, the multi-million dollar television deal um, like Steve Young, his, his counterpart did. But that makes a lot of sense. A hundred percent. And the crazy thing is, Omar, he said at halftime, I called my wife from the phone. This is this is what he told the post. Probably was a dial-up phone. It back probably then. was. A <laughs> Damn. I don't believe we had cell phones back Wait then. Wait a minute. Be careful now. I was a, I was I was of age at that time, fellas. Come on, nephew. (laughs) You said we all had phones next to us. And I said, I quit. I'm out of here. I can't do this. (laughs) I just can't imagine a guy that was that competitive. Right. Uh, My my question is, was it his first broadcast or was it like he just didn't did the whole season and didn't enjoy it and decided to quit at the Super Bowl? Yeah, I I believe he had did some smaller broadcasts, but maybe he just figured out during the Super Bowl like this. You know, this is not for me. This is not what I wanted to do. He pulled Antonio Brown. (laughs) <laughs> so, took Antonio off his Brown, clothes Avante, and left. Avante Davis uh, yeah. was the first. He right. He said, he said, "Let me go. Let me go sell some some L.A. Uh, what, what's the sneakers that he used to market? Um, 
Damn. Was it LA Gear? Yeah, I think it's LA it? Gear. Yeah. LA Gear. Yes, it was LA Gear. <laughs> but see, y'all been a lot around, but y'all been around a lot of football players, right? You've been around, I mean, a lot of guys. And you guys talk shit all the time. You talk football all the time in the locker room, right? But I, I, I can imagine that you guys know that there's talking football and then talking football. Analyzing. And I think, yeah. yeah, and analyzing it, you know, on the fly and being able to talk and, and, and you know, there was a difference. And, and being able to call plays and being able to call games proved to be too much for, for, for Joe. But hopefully it won't be for Tom. But, you know, what's crazy is, is he doesn't even make the most money in his own house. Oh, yeah, talk about it. Come on, Giselle. Giselle Giselle has net worth of $400 million. And and she has been the primary breadwinner or the the main breadwinner in that household for for his entire career. Um, So, together, and this is an interesting segue to this story because, as most of you know, I I cover the Dolphins for 15 years. I'm an NFL columnist. and, And Tom Brady. When he did retire, Mm -hmm. the Dolphins were putting in some work to Mm -hmm. make sure that he joined their organization Mm -hmm. as, quote unquote, and I'm throwing up my air quotes, a part owner of the organization, but also with the intentions of saying, hey, Tom, how about you come out of retirement and quarterback our team? And that's a a really good point, Omar, because I think a lot of people, myself included, always thought that Tom Brady wanted to be an owner of a team or, or a part owner of a team, right? And we know. Um, the Tampa Bay Bucks came out and said Tom Brady and Bruce Arian was adamant about this. Like Tom Brady's going to play for us or he's not playing for anywhere else. So I think when he decided to retire, I mean, I think, you know, he had Miami in his, in, in the back of his head, like maybe I can go down there unretire for one year and then move up into ownership. Right. But you know, Tampa Bay blocked that. So again, this Fox deal is for 10 years, but it starts whenever Tom decides to walk away from the game. We don't know when that's going to occur, right? Because, again, he fooled everybody this offseason, said, I'm done, you know, I've given everything I have to the game. I think game. he changed his mind. I think we rushed him into retirement. Because well, you, if right. you remember that Adam Scheffner story came out early. Right. And, and, Tom and he was denied kinda, it. Yeah, he was kind of pissed off about it because I guess he didn't he didn't get to put it out there himself. Right. Um, Tom, you know, is big in social media now. He likes to pub all his stuff himself. So when that story dropped early, you know, Tom kind of denied it, denied it, then decided to retire. Then a few months later, all of a sudden, I'm not done. I'm not done with the game. <laughs> Tom got tired of taking LFG. them damn kids. Tom got <laughs> tired of taking them damn kids to school. He won't be no daddy no more. He's like, nah, bump this. I'm finna. And Giselle's like, no, you finna work. I, I'm the breadwinner now. You finna work. He was like, nah, I'm finna go back and play. <laughs> you never know who'll step inside the green room with Danny Green. One of the premier bus drivers of the 90s, one Mr. Charles Barkley. Listen, Kevin Durant's a terrific player, but he had a chance to be the bus driver, and he's never won a championship when he wasn't one of the other guys. And I was just trying to make the point, hey, you don't get to make excuses when you don't win. That's just the way it is. Listen, subscribe, and review Inside the Green Room with Danny Green on Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. To me, it's crazy how the NFL just continues to flex its muscles, Debo. And even though the NBA playoffs are going on as we speak, the NFL has made their schedule release a primetime event. So I want to throw this question to Pac-Man. When the schedule release comes out, and I'll you know talk after you being a, a, a ex-player as well, what is the one thing you're looking at when, when, when a schedule is getting released as a, as a former player? 
Well, the first thing that I've always looked at on the schedule was the home games because I wanted to know who we, who we play at home. You but you already know that pack. That's, yeah, that's, they, they no, I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about the division that we're playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the the setup. You know what I mean? But um, the dates. You know, certain days was was special to me. You know what I mean? The Thursday night games. You know what I mean? How many Sunday night games? How many Monday games I got? And right now I'm fucking pissed because <laughs> I done pissed? seen a couple schedules that's been leaked, and the Bengals' first game is not mm-hmm. on national television. Man, have one successful season. You want a whole bunch of primetime. You want you want so. primetime training reels right yeah. now. <laughs> hey, hold on, training wheels. <laughs> Can I ask you some, Omar? Yes, sir. How many times you been to the playoffs since you've been doing the beat down there with the uh, Dolphins? <laughs> Twice. He loves bringing it up. No, okay. Bringing it up. Twice. Hey, big, hey, big fella over here. How many times you been to the playoffs? I once. Okay. <laughs> it's hard, but it's fair, bro. I like, I think you, the Bengals, I like what you did there, Pat. <laughs> I think the Bengals have earned the right to be on yeah. the primetime schedule. We're going to go in there, and I love, you know, I never speak anything bad about Jerry Jones. That's like my pop. That's like, oh, I yeah. got That's a week, week Like, I love week. him to death. But we're going to go in there and whoop their ass. Ooh, week two, Cincinnati. Week two. You know the that Cowboys. On, the Cowboys on national television at 4 o'clock. Yeah, mm. the, the Cowboys probably got, I'm, I'm putting an over-under on five nationally televised games. Oh, 100%. Yeah, oh, they yeah. always going to get five to six a year. But as a, as a former player, and I'm going to throw it to you after – uh, you know, I go into why what I look for when the schedule release comes out. I mean, the first thing I'm looking for is when that buy is packed. I got to know when that buy week is. I pray that it is not before oh, week six. How, like, many, how many times did you take a vacation on your buy? Every time. What are you talking about? <laughs> every time. Yeah. Pack, pack, you every time. How many times you take a vacation on your buy? Every time you got to get out. I needed it. Needed it. I, so I've been blessed where a lot of my buys happen either week eight, nine, or ten, which is amazing. Amazing. There's a couple times my Last year with the Jets, we played in London. So it was after week four. I was pissed. I was so pissed <laughs> because I think the next year, the Indianapolis Colts went out to London and they decided to play right after going to London. Yeah. They decided not to take the buy. And I kind of wish we had did that because it's a lot. In fact, you can attest this. It's a long season after week long, four. It four is long. You could have you took that buy and stayed in London. They didn't give you that option. No, Todd Bowles wasn't having that. Oh, man. Everybody got to get back on the plane. There was no Urban yeah. Myers. We were staying behind doing our thing. Um, <laughs> look, that's the first thing I look at is when the buy is. Next thing, Thursday night games. You brought that up, uh, Pac-Man. Um, I'm looking to see, hopefully we have an early Thursday night. I don't want a late Thursday night game because, man, when it gets, especially, you know, I'm in them trenches. When it gets to, like, week 12, I need that full week recovery. Playing a Thursday night game after, you know, late in the season after week 12, that hurts. How, that how, you, hurts. Feel, how you feel about them Thursday night games, Pac-Man? I think, you know, the fat boys think about that, but us Man, as DBs, we think about the fucking color rush jersey. Fuck all that. <laughs> Three days off. I want to play in that all white, bro. We get to play in the all white, put the all white socks on. He worried it's about like, the wardrobe. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, worried about, I'm worried about just being healthy enough to play. The I'm worried day. about switching jerseys on Thursday night. You know what I mean? Big. That yeah, was and, big. And, then, so, and then, like, I look for primetime games. Like, do we have a Sunday night? Do we have a Monday night? Because, you know, you want to turn up if you're, you know, the whole nation and your family get to watch you on national TV. So I'm going to throw it to you, legendary writer Omar Kelly. As a writer, you know, when the schedule comes out, what are you looking at? Uh, how many games is it potentially going to snow? Do I have to bring out my <laughs> cold weather jacket? That's that's the number one. Um, I, I also look for 
tough road stretches. Are there three road games back to back together? Yeah. Um, you, you know, you, you always are taught that the season is broken up into four quarters. And I look at how difficult each quarter is mm. and when the team needs to potentially build momentum um, just because of the caliber of opponents. And, you know, the caliber of opponents to me is just based on quarterbacks. 100%. And you already know how, you know, you already know how many tough quarterbacks are on your schedule. Interestingly enough, when the Dolphins actually put together winning eight of nine hold games. Hold on, hold on. I don't mean to cut you off. Did you just say it all depends on the quarterback? Yeah. What, what, okay. All right. I just want. I, I will yeah. talk about it later. He's talking from the writer, writer's point of view. You you know know oh, okay. Yeah. To the yeah. the caliber of your schedule is determined by the caliber of the quarterbacks on the well, team. As a as a writer, you are right. As, as a, a writer, player, as a player, as a, you disagree. Hell yeah. Why Please do you, explain. Why you disagree? Because there's certain teams that we play, like Pittsburgh, have a fucking dominant defense every year. Mm. regardless if Big Ben playing good or bad. The offense know, like, when we go play Pittsburgh, hey, bro, bring us extra chin scrap because it's going to be a dog fight. Trash this year, though. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just uh, – But that's admiration. Yeah. It's, it's physical over here, though. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So Your whole division just, is physical. Yeah. 100%. Ravens, them. Yeah, you got yeah. a physical division in the NFC North. Even, even Cleveland's I mean, a physical AFC team. North. They're a running team that plays defense. Yeah, yeah and I'm that, saying – when I, I I look at the quarterback, like for instance, Cleveland, I looked at Cleveland as a more of a, a a whole team, not Baker Mayfield. You know what I mean? Even though Baker Mayfield played his best games I've ever seen him play against the Bengals, but you know how do we stop Nick Chubb? How do we stop their front fold? You know what I mean? So I I just think it's it's a little bit more than just the quarterbacks. But I ain't mean to interrupt you. The NFL schedule has been released. So many key uh, marquee games. Uh, the first opening night game, right? I, I teased it earlier. It's the Bills versus the Rams at SoFi. I think that's going to be a really dope game, Omar. We know that Bills Mafia likes to travel any and everywhere. And, you know, the Rams have struggled with, you know, fan attendance, you know, because they're mm. not really a professional football oh, wow. town. They're the Super Bowl champions. I'm just being honest. Like they're that. not really a professional football town. Let's they're just a be young, honest. They're a young. Let's be honest. They, but, they're distracted. But you got you got Matt Stafford, you know, versus Josh Allen. You got Von Miller going back after he won a Super Bowl ring with the Rams, going back to SoFi Stadium to play <laughs> with the Bills. What are you looking forward to watching most in that game josh allen i need to see if he's going to take that next leap because mm. uh, if we were if we if you saw how his season ended yeah that had to be painful that that had to be a motivating factor that had to drive you for an entire off season yeah and you know he he and he should be looking at himself and the team they, the Bills went all in this offseason. They're going for it. They're going for They're it. They're going for it. So you got to be the quarterback that 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 carries the freight of, of, of that train. Another game I'm interested to see, and a lot of people probably won't be, but week three, we play Adam Pacman Jones's Bengals, the, the New York Jets. Play them. We're going to whoop y'all ass, too. Last year. First of all, Omar, um, and let me clear myself up from a couple of nights ago when we was on here, and they didn't get let didn't let me finish when they kept talking about the fucking Bills and the Chiefs. The Bills don't have to worry about the Chiefs. The Bills got to worry about the Bengals, 
And we damn sure ain't worried about the Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, 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 Jets. Y'all got smoke. Bruh, that was a really, you're right. We came in unprepared. Got smoke. All right, but sweet. just hear me out. Hear me out. We came in unprepared, which we still should have won the game. But um, you guys was at home. We made it to the Super Bowl. Y'all did. I get that. You guys ain't made the playoffs in the last <laughs> 10 years, 12 years. That made the playoffs since you left there before last year. <laughs> well, I understand that, but we had a run. We went to the playoffs seven, eight years in a row. I feel well, you. you ain't never been to the playoffs. I've been to the playoffs once now. Chill oh, once. Okay, Marsh. <laughs> I ain't be Marsh. But I, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Shots <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> hey, but look, I think Josh Allen is the real. Is is no question about what he can do physically, yeah. arm strength, arm strength, and um, athleticism. Athleticism. Yeah. I think he's the all-around quarterback. But we got a, t- a guy that's in town that's named Joe Buttero. I don't know if y'all met yeah. Joe Buttero before, but he Joe is the Beasy. real deal. You know what I mean? So I think the AFC football is right now the hardest side of the oh, division. Not close. No, not even close. Not even, yes, nowhere close. Because the other side, they got two, three teams. You know what I mean? That's about it. Play good, you get through there. But it's hard on the AFC side. And Adam, I know you were mad before because you were trying to figure out what primetime games the Cincinnati Bengals will have. Well, you'll be excited to know. You guys have two Sunday night primetime games versus divisional foes, right? (laughs) October 9th. You play the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. But this okay. is how they, this is how much they think about y'all, to be honest with you. The next time you guys play on Sunday night, you go to the Pittsburgh Steelers on November 20th. So neither one of those games are at Cincinnati. <laughs> what you got to say about that? This shit don't make no sense, man. <laughs> they got this you shit. playing on the road in both of your primetime games. And you have a Monday night game, again, against a divisional foe. And you're going to the Cleveland Browns October 31st. They they wanted they so wanted I guess it's I guess this is what the NFL <laughs> is telling y'all right now. The yeah. NFL is telling y'all that the AFC North is the biggest motherfucking division there is on, <laughs> on national televised <laughs> TV. They are telling y'all that the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals are number one, who you can pick the other three after that. But the Baltimore Ravens up there too. The Steelers going to still be a top team. And what Cleveland just did with this quarterback thing, we are the top division. The reason why we only play oh, the division that. teams on national yeah. television is because the AFC North is the best division in football. Why put us on TV against the Cowboys? You know why? Because it ain't a fucking game. Why put us on TV against the Vikings? Okay, cool. But I'm talking about national (laughs) televised game. The Vikings, okay, I'm just shooting out some team names, but at the end of the day, bro, the AFC North is the best football that is right now. Like, with the Uh, three, with the four quarterbacks that, even the young boy that Pittsburgh just got, it's, you name a division that's, that's Better than AFC North football right you now. AFC you West, and it's not no even way. close. No way. Do you know come what on, they just bro. did in the AFC West this offseason? Bro, that. come on. You talking about finesse football, bro. You talking about <laughs> come on, talking bro. Finesse. Come on, bro. I mean, Pac, Pac, Pac has a point that is finesse <laughs> football. Come but, on. I mean, the weakest quarterback in that division is 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 maybe Derek Carr. Yeah. Which is a Pro Bowl quarterback. You gotta think Russell Wilson, Derek Carr. Uh, Jay Herbo, Justin Herbert, 
And then you got that man, Patrick Mahomes. And people ain't even been talking about the Chiefs. Man, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Time out, bro. Time out. Who we got? Joe Burrow. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Let's Mark put Jackson. Joe Burrow. coming back. Okay. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> All right. Let's just name those three. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. If Deshaun starts the whole season. Bro, at $250 million, they got a plan. You know how No, I'm just saying that he could potentially get suspended. He, he, he's going he's gonna to sit a couple games. Let's just say if he sit three games, what does it matter? Oh, he's going to sit at least six minimum. You might as well double that. I don't think you six six. Oh, you talk. Think, six. think about accusation on women. Come on, man. That's yeah. a bad. I understand that he didn't like, play the he didn't play the whole year last year. That's true. Yeah, true. But it right. was. But he got paid so, for it. But that's what y'all know. You know, it's a lot of stuff that happened behind the scenes when Goodell said, "Hey, look, da 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 da." You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you really, I've been in Goodell's office. I know how this goes. So it might be more than why he didn't play this season. We do not know that as a fan base or what's going on behind the scenes. But I will say this, with those three guys in the division, with the young boy that Pittsburgh just got. Kenny Pickett? Yes, Kenny Pickett. Like, come on, man. Like, even if you cross Pittsburgh out, <laughs> AFC North still the best division. Uh, we're going we to have to agree to disagree that. on that one. But uh, let's look at some more matchups. Uh, week one, the NFL loves storylines. And this is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my two teammates, Omar Kelly and Adam Pacman Jones. And the NFL just released its schedule for the 2022 NFL season. Again, the NFL loves drama. They love storylines. Week one, Monday Night Football, Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos travel to the Seattle Seahawks for the opening Monday night football game. I mean, Russell Wilson going back to the place he spent so much time and he left this offseason. Listen, you gotta put that you gotta put that game real early because you don't know, you don't know if both those teams gonna be relevant by the time you get to the midseason. I think Denver will be relevant relative. But yeah, it's a tough division, though. You just said that division was so good. It is, it's tough. (laughs) It, it's a tough it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top of that division. But what do you, what do you think about the, the NFL and, and, and the drama they like to put out there by having Russell Wilson go back to his old home in week one, Adam? I love it. You know, um, it's better week one than week six because that division is weak as hell. And at the <laughs> end of the day, we know what the Chiefs going to do because they got the best offensive coordinator in the world, one of the best that was ever born. His Ooh. name is Andy Reid. Y'all have y'all ever met Big Andy? He is one of the best in the world. That's why the Chiefs are always going to be on top of that division because he know how to put guys in space. No matter what you do, what what's going on, he's gonna motion you. And he's gonna get a, one of the guys that's under the mismatch in a one-on-one situation. And as you see, hey, look, everybody else. I was blown up when they got rid of got rid of Cheetah. Because I'm like, God damn, he great. Yeah, I don't think anybody expected that one. Right, but guess what Andy Reid is telling y'all? Hey, bro, he can run. I put him in space. I really made him. Because if you think about it, bro, Cheetah was no – he wasn't no wide receiver when we heard, first heard about him. Nobody know about Cheetah doing a dig and catching a post. He was a player. It, yeah. it was a fast kid that got the ball in space that was unbelievable on returns and special teams. He got drafted as a special team guy. But Andy Reid is one of the best when it comes to putting guys in space. We said this earlier about San Francisco when Debo won the lead um, San Francisco. Yeah. No, it don't make sense because your offensive coordinator that you got in San Francisco, bro, 
you're not going to get nobody else to put you in space to make you have plays the way you have plays. If you're going to line up at, the, let's just say, the Z, like Debo, I'm saying I love Debo to death, but I don't think Debo can catch 500 balls at the Z and have a, you know what I mean, 15, 1,700, I mean, 1,700-yard uh, season. That's not his forte. So these guys got to realize, stick to the process that's working right now, you know what I mean, and, and go from there. But I think Andy Reid is one of the best, though. Uh, Andy Reid is without a doubt the best. But let me ask you this question, Pat. As somebody who covered receivers for a living, do you think it's the talent that that makes the playmaker, or do you think certain coaches like Andy Reid can make a playmaker? It depends. You get what I'm saying. So Andy Reid often is different. You know what I mean. You never really too much get to go and line up, and he's wide split the whole game. It's always some kind of motion. You know what I mean. Some kind of misdirection. And it's like a layer, you know what I mean? It's like a, mm-hmm. almost a layer where you got an ABC read. And then you got out of that, you got a trick play. You might have a double move. But Andy Reid is the best in putting guys in space. Now, if I had to go and guard a uh, 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 cheater, and he was just an ex for – I'm just shooting out a team for Jacksonville, we probably wouldn't even be fucking talking about cheater. Mm-hmm. Because he ain't that type of guy that can go and run a comeback run a curl no that ain't his game so you think he that- can run it but like it ain't as fluent as how andy put him in space you get what i'm saying andy so put it andy put it that makes andy the cheetah. yes i do andy put him in space well you don't know what the hell he running Sounds i ain't gonna i'm not gonna split him out wide <laughs> <laughs> sound like you just had miami wasting a lot of money 11 touchdowns a, a, a season for six seasons and you think that he is not that dynamic of a playmaker that's going to be able to. What I'm saying is I'm saying Cheetah is one of the best playmakers when he's in the right position. If you go and line Cheetah up, if Miami go and play a pro style offense and let him be the X and whoever, uh, uh, what's the other kid, Waddle, the fast kid, let Waddle be the Z, they're fucked. Mm. If it ain't some kind of, hey, misdirection, throwing, throwing Cheetah the hitch, getting him on the reverse, you know what I mean? The double moves. That, like, though. it's got to be. You saying they got to be Andy recreative? Yes. Or it well, ain't going to work. Mike McDaniel will do that, though. Uh, we hope. We yeah. don't know. I mean, another, another, let's get some other top games. Sunday Night Football, Kansas City Chiefs versus Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, I like October that game. October 2nd. That's the fourth week of the, the season. I think that's going to be a big game. Um, when Tom Brady was with the New England Patriots, we saw, you know, Patrick Mahomes first year starting, New England was able to take, you know, the Chiefs out. So they've had like a mini rivalry um, with Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Uh, who, who do you think gets gets that game, Omar? Oh, God. Depends Tampa's on, at home. Depends on if Tom gets Gronk back. I mean, I, I, really, mm. I really don't. Un- Gronk is a first ballot Hall of Famer. You he can't take that. You can't take a first ballot hall, hall of famer off a team and not expect some loss or some 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 runoff. Yeah. So uh to me, Gronk's Gronk's gotta play again. And I, I think he will play again. But uh yeah. this is this this seems like you know, when you got a $37 million a year contract sitting there waiting for you, this is your final hurrah. This yeah. is this is your last dance. So you think this is over with you think Tom's done after this year? I mean yeah. Hell Maybe yeah! Don't want him home. <laughs> what do you mean? He got three hundred. He got three hundred. Seventy-five. Three hundred. 
and $75 million waiting for him to come speak. Yeah. Is it his last year? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> to, to talk. Yeah. To talk. Instead of getting hit. Nope. I, I remember um, it, it's funny that, you you know, Brady's still playing at his elite level. I remember when uh, the Dolphins talked Jay Cutler out of retirement. Oh, God. Uh, that it, was a debacle. It, yeah, that was a debacle. Good Lord. His heart wasn't in it. He they he got his ribs broken probably in November. So I actually want to I want to sidebar this and we'll put the schedule to the side. Why the hell didn't he go with Matt Moore after the year before <sighs> Matt leading him to the he playoffs? Because because Adam Gates couldn't trust Matt Moore and Matt wouldn't do what he said. This is a direct Matt was quote. balling though. I don't but care. Matt was freestyling and and, and winning. He's a genius and and Adam Gates is a genius and he needs a quarterback who will do exactly what he says. Man, that was nonsense. Because I, I feel like the team yes. believed in Matt Moore. Absolutely. And I think that's when he lost the locker room when he decided to bring Jay Cutler in. It, you know, it, uh, he, no, he lost the locker room when he kept throwing everybody under the bus as he usually did when oh, when, when losses happened. Um, so it, it, it's it's you know, but the the point I'm making is Jay Cutler, the age after he got his ribs broken, Jay Cutler just played hot potato with the ball. Yeah. When they hiked it, he just got it out of his hand because he didn't want like nobody he's out there playing him. with a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah, and I, I really feel like Brady. Is gonna get to that point this year when you when you see Brady? when you see hell retirement. yeah they ain't got no Leonard Fournette no run game they got Fournette he resigned he did yes yeah, he, he did resign oh uh, well they good then they they might make the playoffs without Leonard Fournette they was not hey, making yo, the playoffs regardless because the NFC sucks he he, he, hey, he, he got one foot out the door man I, I'm not sure you ready to take a, a big hit well you know Tom don't really take no big hits he get on the ground. You see, when he do get hit, he get up cussing. He get up slow. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Ralph, did you see that shit? (laughs) Hi, everyone. I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Visser. And if you love sports the way I do, the people, the passion, then you'll enjoy my podcast, In Conversation, every Thursday. I've drawn from 45 years of covering all sports with people like Billie Jean King and David Duchovny and the merry prankster himself, Bill Walton. I have reached the top of the mountain. I am having a conversation with Leslie Visser, my hero. So please listen and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. And we're joined by a really great running back, Arian Foster, 2010 NFL wrestling leader and two-time first team all pro at the running back position. Dudes, let me ask you a question. Yeah. You battled against this guy. Before we, before we Before we let him join, what made him special, bro? Man, that zone scheme was perfect tailor-made for this guy as far as him that one cut get downhill and a lot of people didn't talk about his speed but you know here your people say deceptive speed this dude used to take off in the open field in that zone scheme in the Houston Texans I remember in 2010 and 2011 when he was there I was with the Jacksonville Jaguars and he he, he was giving what would say to say he was giving us crazy work <laughs> he was giving us crazy work right. so it was always a battle with him man. and the thing I like about Arian he was like me he was undrafted guy right had to get it the hard way. Right. Um, get it out the mud. Out the mud. I, I, I believe his, his rookie year he was like 37, and he was able to get out of that that 37 and, and wear 23. But uh, man, he you see the highlights right now. We, I mean, we're on the radio, but you see this guy in the open field just taking off on dudes. But Arian, how you doing, man? I'm chilling, man. Appreciate y'all brothers having me on. What's good? Nothing, man. We, we're glad that you were able to stop by and give us some time. So um, we saw that you posted a video with some incredible. Jerseys, you started with your own jerseys, right? You pulled your jerseys out of this bag. He missed one. 
The 37 didn't pop up. Like, no, he did. I think the 37 no, it's on there. there. It's yeah, on there. Okay, okay. He pulled the 37 out. Okay. Then he started pulling out his teammates' jersey. And then he started pulling out Hall of Famer jersey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got a pretty good jersey collection. But yours was one of the top. But you posted the video, but then the NFL reposted it, right? But they made a adjustment to your video and took out Ray Rice. How do you feel about that? Um, I just, it's typical NFL, man. I've, I've, I got a problem with the NFL, man. Um, I've had a problem with it, but I think, um, what they do is they care about the branding of their, um, uh, the league or what, you know, the perception more so than they do the actual players. And so, um, and that specific instance doesn't have anything to do with it, but just in general, uh, and it's, it's just typical. Cause it's like, when that whole Ray Rice situation was down, like, you know, Ray Rice was a friend of mine and like, and I was talking to him throughout the whole thing. And, um, uh, when that, that's, that, that kind of stuff is, was not secluded to the NFL, right? That, like domestic violence is a worldwide problem. It's not an NFL problem. And so you had an opportunity to have like real conversations and, 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 and open up that dialogue. Cause the police officers have high rate of domestic violence, military, uh, uh, doctors, lawyers, the judges, whatever. Like it's a it's a worldwide problem, and so um, if the answer is we shun everybody that does it, and and we have there's no any any kind of uh, reformation involved, um, I just think that's a bad way to go about it. It's the re- it's a big reason why our recidivism rate is so high in our policing uh, and I mean our prisons is because we don't there's no um, avenues for. Um, recovery right because it's it's a, it's a it's a problem that i faced in my household i'm I, domestic violence is something i grew up with and so mm-hmm. I, it's something that was near and dear to my heart and so i know ray rice that man and his wife reconciled with each other and it's none of our business right it just happened to be on camera and what i hated about how the nfl handled it is he was suspended two games i know i'm long-winded but i'm passionate about this part it was like he was suspended two games but then when the footage dropped right then we gonna kick him out the league Right. But you saw the footage before anybody else, but it was OK. But as long as the public didn't see it, I think that's just a horrible way to do it. I think it's it's, it's if, if you're going to do it, then do it. Just be consistent. And uh, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't like it. Look, that man, his wife reconciled that as it's none of my business, none of the business. I don't condone it whatsoever, but I'm not one to judge because I've seen in my personal life how people can come back from that and be good, good human beings and and, and change. And so. I'm I'm not an advocate of just of just casting people off, and so um, I played against Ray Rice. I, I was a fan of his game. Not a, you know I'm, I would never condone what he did, but um, that was a part of my journey. We bumped heads in the, on the, on the, on the battlefield, and I'm 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 proud to have shared the field with him. It is what it is. Yeah, and and Ray Rice has done a lot of good since that instance happened when it comes to domestic violence. And I, I get your point, uh, Aaron, as, as far as you know the NFL what they did as far as suspending him and then suspending him for the year once the, the video came out. Um, again, Ray Rice has done a really good job of, you know, doing a lot of good when it comes to domestic violence. But uh, let's get back to these jerseys. Cause I'm, during the break, Brandon was talking about his Jersey collection is more impressive than yours. He no, it is. I think, I, I think he posted it on um, Instagram one time. Yeah. And um, I was like, that's cause I, I know a lot of cats that swap jerseys and I think we we did it a little early. Like now, it's really it's really popular. But like we did yeah. it when it wasn't really normal to do that. And so I remember it was like a big deal. Um, I hit up I hit up Ray Lewis before a playoff game. Like I I, I hit him on the phone. I was like, hey man, like I know we about to go to war, bro. But 
Can I swap your jerseys? Like, I know this is gonna be this is gonna wow. be one of your last runs, and you a legend, bro. And he was like, "Oh man, say say less. It's not. It's whatever." Mm-hmm. And so when we swapped, like there's all kinds of cameras and stuff. That's like one of the first times I really seen it publicized like that. But uh, yeah, we did it when it was really um, it was it wasn't a normal thing, and now it should be a custom. But yeah, Brandon got a Brandon got some killers on his. He, he, what, he what, got people what people don't tell the public is that the NFL makes y'all pay for the jerseys that yeah. you just oh, yeah. wore and sweated oh, yeah. for, which I think Every, is ridiculous. Every one of them cost me about seventeen hundred easily. Yeah, seventeen hundred for yeah. one jersey. People something like that. Something like that. Yeah. He ain't lying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're right. That's a that's a great point. Oh, yep. If 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 you if you give it away or if you keep it, give it. Yeah, give it to your family member. You got to pay for that jersey yeah. for See, sure. But because here's here's the other big thing. Because now we talk about the NFL. <laughs> one of the, the one of the things that we don't know is the NFL teams. A lot of them have memorabilia deals. Correct. So they're taking these jerseys off of our back and the cleats and stuff, and they're selling, selling them. 100%. They're, they're monetizing it. They were so pissed off at me because at every cleat that I ever wore, every glove, every jersey, not all pants, I keep the pants, <laughs> I have still in my garage. Really? And they were like, Brandon, we need this. I'm like, I don't care. The Chicago Bulls, right. like, I don't care about you. Right, you got a game, you got a game worn jersey? Yes, I have a thousand. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need one. I have yours. I have yours. How you not? Yeah, I, 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 when, when did we swap? I, I, I think I saw Brandon's in your collection. See that? That's no, no, it. no, he don't. No? Let, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Uh, any like weird moments when, you know, after a game during a, a jersey swap where a guy may have said no or, you know, maybe a guy came up to you and you said no because you didn't respect them? Any, you know, legendary stories? <laughs> Nah, um, I, 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 mean, I guess it's like, it's like anything else. There's, there's a hierarchy, right? And so, and so, killers respect killers. And so, I've I've never been denied, right? Like, um, I, I guess I asked I asked Peyton for his Pro Bowl one when I was at the Pro Bowl, and he was like, I, I keep all my Pro Bowl jerseys. He's like, but if we play again, we'll swap. And I was like, okay, that's cool. All right. Um, but I but I think yeah, I've I've never been denied. But I, I've been asked a couple of times. But I already had like when, when we play somebody, I usually swapped every game. And right. so I already had somebody in mind I want, and so usually I, you know, uh-huh. I, it's already given now. So, but I mean, in general, if if, if somebody wanted to swap with me, and you know, they're a little low, quote unquote, on the high, I would still swap because it's just it's like a brotherhood, you know. You respect folks that do it. Yeah, for me, Tom Brady, you know, playing it for the Miami Dolphins, went up to Tom after a game, and I was like, "Hey, Tom, can I get your jersey?" And he was like, uh, "Sure, I'll send it to you." And um, <laughs> never have her. Well. The, that, that that year went by because he was like, look, our equipment managers, they get upset about nah, it. He, New England, you know, Tom, New Tom is Tom is it. a Tom is a guy that, you know, he follows the rules. Everybody else is swapping right after. He's like, yeah. Bill doesn't like it. I'll go in the locker room. I'll take it off, give it to our equipment guy, and I'll send it to you. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I didn't get it the next week or two weeks later. I didn't get it the next year. So we played him again. I asked him again. He said, Yeah, sure, no problem. And uh it didn't happen. And I was so Pissed off at Tom. I felt some type of way for about seven years. That video <laughs> wow. that you're talking about, uh, Arian, that was actually right at the beginning of the pandemic, I believe. I go in my garage, like everybody else was cleaning out their garage and just doing right. dumb stuff like, you know, house chores. And so I'm in my garage and I open up this uh, this bin. And then in this bin, there was this UPS or this FedEx box. 
and it was the Tom Brady jersey. So you never even opened he it said, up. Be your great player, respect your game, never open it up. <laughs> so you mad at this man for so no I reason. So I carried this grudge for seven <laughs> years, it felt like. That's crazy. But I was like, that's, that's a stand-up guy. Like, But, yeah. but I knew, I knew uh, New England is funny about that because I, I swapped with my dude. I went to college with Gerard Mayo. And um, it's my it's my bond with the college with him. You know, when you when you eat ramen noodles with somebody, you, you bond. It's my dude. So after after we played we played New England, and he was like, he's like, oh man, they they funny about it over here, man. He's like, they he's like, I'll do it, man, but man, it's cool. I'm gonna have to hear about it, man. He's like, he was like real hesitant. I was like, bro, get your jersey, bro, shut up. So uh, we got this uh, clip up. You got uh, like I'm about to say all these people that you you collected. You have out of all these guys, stills. Davis, Foster, yeah, uh, Barry, I forgot about him, Andrew Luck, and uh, Sue, Sue Cruz, um, you know, Kush, you got AJ Green, you got Cam Newton, you got Mike Evans. Um, out of all these guys, Steve Smith, Champ Bailey, Reggie Ooh. Wayne, LaShawn McCoy, uh, Tony Gonzalez, Troy Palomalu, Adrian Peterson, dang, Marshawn Lynch, JJ Watt, Gore. Jamal Charles, and it goes on and on and on. Uh, which one is your 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 favorite one? Uh, I think I think my favorite is my high school jersey. <laughs> you pick yourself. You can't pick yourself. No, 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 I'm, just joking. I'm 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 joking. But uh, I think I think my favorite is is Charles Woodson. Um, it's because I grew up a Raider fan. And like I was a super Charles Woodson fan when he was at Michigan. Like I loved him, dog. And so he was probably one of the only ones where I was like, when I asked him, I was like, I don't know if dude gonna swap. I don't even know if he do who know, knows who I am. Right. And uh, I went up to him for the game. He's like, yeah, man, we we can swap. It's, it's cool, man. He said, I appreciate your game. I was like, that's that's crap. I didn't really know he knew. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't really know people like yeah. that. And so, um, uh, and what I really was cool about it was like Andre Johnson is he's a Hall of Famer, right? my guy after the game he was like he was like yo man i was supposed to swap with charles but he said you already uh he said you already he already swapped with you so you know he thought enough about me to like say <laughs> i'm not gonna give it to dre i'm gonna give it to you you know say so, sorry about that dre but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah this well, is i am athlete tonight i am your host lee j doosable with my two teammates brandon marshall omar kelly and we have arian foster two-time First team all pro running back Arian. So we were watching the video of you, you know, dropping all the jerseys that you had. And, and the last jersey that you dropped was James Harden, the signed jersey <laughs> by James Harden. We actually were just talking about him before you came on. So I, I'm not sure if you've been following basketball and, and what's been going on with James Harden, but what do you make of what happened last night to James Harden in that closeout game? And was that a message, right? Because that was the only basketball jersey and it was the it last literally one. It was, and it was the last one. <laughs> nah, ain't no message, man. Go on with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nah, uh, uh, no, I think, I mean, I, I, I see like some responses to it. It was like, man, you lost me with the James Harden jersey i'm like well, i'm sorry my jersey collection isn't up to your standards man maybe you should maybe you can grab one you know what i'm saying go, go ahead and get you a jersey collection dog but like it's just to me it's, it's, it's a symbol it's a symbol to like uh, of my uh of my journey i i was actually supposed to get a swap with uh lebron james um we we had been in contact and this was early in my career i think like first three years uh um and we were supposed to swap he came down to houston for an all-star game and he was like yeah we're gonna meet up and swap and then I and then I I hit him. I was like, "Yo, let me know when you want to meet up. I'll go to your hotel or whatever." Uh, big time. Yeah, I ain't heard him from from since. But it's all good. That's, that's, that's LeBron, man. It's all good. But um, um, how you feel about James Harden? Is he is he washed? I, I don't like to call athletes washed, man. Because 
I'm washed, so <laughs> like, I, I know I know how that is, right? So like, I I I, I get it. It's just it's annoying, but I think I don't know, man. He's had you know issues the last couple of places he's went. I think at the at the end of the day, if a man ain't happy, a man ain't happy, and I, I'm not here to judge that. And so I, I wish him the best because he's just like a great. He's a Hall of Fame talent, man. You know, he's the top you know player of all time. One of them. Question. And last so, question. Last question. Mm. When you swapped jerseys with James Harden, was it at the basketball court or at the strip club? Here you go, man. <laughs> 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 hey, bro, you got hey, you got a mic and you got messy, man. You got messy, dog. Well, hey, one thing my guy gonna do is get messy, dog. Hey, hey, messy, you. man. Get this man an apron while he's talking. <laughs> Adrian, I, I want to ask you this question because when you when you put up the video, it seemed like you were getting nostalgic. And I, I covered you when in your final season with the Dolphins when you abruptly retired. Did you did you know that it was just time? Did you feel like you were ready to walk away from the game? Did you lose your passion? What went into that decision? And now that there's so many years has passed, do you regret giving up the game? Hmm. Yeah. So when I was when I was when I was a kid, I asked my dad, I was like, "How did you know?" Because he played ball for a little bit, and I was like, "How did you know when you didn't want to play anymore? You wanted to walk away." Man, he told me one time, and I'll never forget, he said, you'll know. He said, you'll know. And mm-hmm. we were playing, I believe, the Browns or the Steelers, maybe. I, f- I forget. And I was just standing on the sidelines. You know, I was, I was battling some small nicks and injuries and stuff, and I was standing on the sidelines. Um, and it was right before we went into halftime. And it was just a vivid thought. that At the time, I was reading this book by Brian Greene, uh, who's, a, who's a physicist, and I, I was really into the book. Um, uh, and... I remember thinking I was looking up at the stands and I thought vividly, I was like, I do not give a shit who wins this game. Like, I don't care at all. I want to go home and read, I want to read my book. I want to finish reading my book. I would rather do that right now. You and once would, that. You would I, rather go read a book than actually play in an NFL game. You're standing <laughs> on the sideline. These are the thoughts that were going through that's your mind. I know you're done for sure. That's the, that's the thought that ran through my mind. And once that thought crossed my mind, I was like, it's time to leave. And so we finished the game. Uh, the next day I went to the, uh, I went to coach Gates office and uh, I, I told him exactly how I felt. I was like, listen, man, I don't want to waste y'all time. And I don't want y'all to waste my time. Like I don't play a position to where it's like, if you can like haphazardly kind of just, you know, fake the funk. Like I could get hurt or somebody else could get hurt. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's just my, you know, I, I just don't, it's, it's gone. Like I, I know it when he's like, take, take a couple of days. I appreciate you uh, uh, talking to me about it. Take a couple of days. And if you come back, if you still feel like that, uh, you know, we'll rock with you. I did. I took a couple of days. I, I I I got on one of those boats on the little river thing. I, I I enjoyed my two days, and I came back. I was like, that that, that was the worst thing I could have done. I I'm definitely done. <laughs> I'm definitely finish, done. Did you finish the book? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, yeah. But shout out to shout out to Gates. I know Gates get a bad rap. Um, uh, but like he was like the ultimate, like one of my favorite coaches I played for. I know yeah. all the boys that I played with. It was like yo, he kind of switched up when I left. But like when I was there, he treated us kind, treated us fair. They could have like took, and it wasn't you know it wasn't life changing money, but they could have took the signing bonus I had, right? But they they just let me keep it because they appreciated what I did, you know, for the for help push the culture over there. But uh, I, I appreciated them while I was there, man. Everything that, when I was there, they were solid people, man. See, oh, oh the, I, the, I don't the, have, the Miami Dolphin organization is great. I don't have a problem with games. <laughs> not one. Hey, Aaron, uh, you got some time? You want to come back? We got to take a quick break, but we'd love to, uh, to continue this conversation with you. 
Man, I got actually I say I I I'm at my, my man's graduation uh dinner right now, and so like I'm, okay. I'm in a car and it's hot as hell. Thank you, bro. I no, appreciate you though. Appreciate <laughs> no, you. No, 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 always love, baby. Always. Time with us, man. All right, bro. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep. You never know who'll step inside the green room with Danny Green. One of the premier bus drivers of the 90s, one Mr. Charles Barkley. Listen, Kevin Durant's a terrific player, but he had a chance to be the bus driver, and he's never won a championship when he wasn't one of the other guys. And I was just trying to make the point, hey, you don't get to make excuses when you don't win. That's just the way it is. Listen, subscribe, and review Inside the Green Room with Danny Green on Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. Let's get into it. So the general manager of the Brooklyn Nets, Sean Marks, had a state of the team press conference where he talked about the team, right? He talked about players missing games. Kevin Durant missed 27 games due to injury last year. We know that Kyrie Irving decided not to get the COVID-19 vaccine. So because of the New York mandate, he had to miss a lot of home games in Brooklyn because he couldn't play because he didn't get the COVID vaccine. So we're going to play the audio of the press conference from general manager Sean Marks for you now. It's a team sport and you need everybody out there on the court. And when we saw this year, you know, when, when you have, you know, Kevin miss 27 games with injuries and Kyrie being out for over half the season. I mean, that hurts, you know, that hurts from a roster building standpoint, you know, that's, that's not what we planned for. So um, some are avoidable and, and other excuses are of, of individual nature. And those are the ones that we have to try and avoid. We need people here that want to be here. They're selfless. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And they, there's an objective and there's a goal at stake here. And in order to do that, we're going to need availability from everybody. Now, Auntie Chantel and Omar Kelly, there's a lot to digest and unpack from what general manager Sean Mark said. Something that really stuck out to me when he talked about players missing games, he said some are avoidable and other excuses are of individual nature. Yeah, that was a key word. And those are the ones we have to try and avoid. And he talked about he wants selfless players, right? Mm-hmm. Selfless players. He dropped Jonah, a lot of hints on yeah, that one. Yeah, he did. I work right? with words for a living. Yeah. He, put two, he, put, he put some real coded language in there. Yeah, he did. So I, w- I would like to throw, throw a question to Auntie Chantel. When you're Come on. Kyrie Irving, because we essentially know who he's talking about. Right. And you hear general manager say these things in a press conference. What does that do to you? Or if, you know, of the team of the Brooklyn Nets, you hear your general manager, quote unquote, calling out one of the star players. Hey, I, I, I give all the props in the world to him um, okay. because, look, whatever reason, at the end of the day, no matter what, Kyrie's um, intentions were no matter what his beliefs are, which are his own, obviously, but this man is his job to win games and it's his job to put the best product out there. And on paper, they were the best product in the league coming into the season. And yeah, it hurts to have your point guard, one of your best players missing so much time for something that he really didn't need to miss that much time for. It was Um, avoidable. Right. Absolutely. He should have showed his ass up. Let's just be honest. He should have showed up Johnson's absolutely and been a part of the team. And you know what? To be honest, I think if he was I know if he was if he played regardless of the whole Ben Simmons thing, that's another show. But um, if he would have played, the Nets would still be playing right now. I I firmly believe that. And and they'd be one of the favorites. Uh, So kudos to him for calling it out. Uh, If I was a general manager, I would have said his name. But, you know, I don't mince my words, but I would have said his name. Well, well, honestly, there's something else that we need to dive into, right? Because as a player, 
on a team. I know, you know, a lot of continuity goes into having success, right? You got to be able to gel with your teammates. Right. And a lot of people said the Brooklyn Nets got swept by the Boston Celtics in round one because they didn't have that continuity, right? They didn't gel mm-hmm. because Kyrie missed so many games because he didn't take the COVID, you know, 19 vaccine. Right. Because Kevin Durant missed 27 games. Right. So, Omar Kelly, I would say, what, what do you think about this whole situation with, you know, the GM, you know, Steve, you know, Steve, uh, Stephen means or Stephen Sean Marks. I'm so sorry. Calling out, essentially calling out Kyrie. You know, this situation kind of reminds me of the Lakers situation where we're making all these excuses for a team that we expected to be good that didn't have success. Oh, it was injury. It was Kyrie. You know, it, it, it starts with me with Kyrie is a unique individual. And, and when I say unique, I mean, weird. Uh, the world is flat. The earth is flat. Um, his thought process, his individuality, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm I'm not a big believer in team. I, I I fundamentally in professional sports believe team is bullshit. Why do you? Ooh, say I don't that? know about that one, Omar. Yeah, I, I can't agree with you on that one. You guys have eleven on each side of the ball. That's twenty-two. That's eleven guys that got to exactly. co- be cohesive. And so what happens is is, you know, but in a, in a sport where there are only five players on the court, there's yeah. only five and mm-hmm. you need all of them. And when you're running plays for those certain five and they put in plays for a Kyrie um, and when you miss that, like that, that continuity is gone. So I don't know. I don't know, big fella. I don't know if I can, mm-hmm. I, I can agree with you on the team thing. I, maybe I'm jaded from covering a bad franchise for that could over, be over, over, over a decade. <laughs> and, and having having a lot of people, you know, pr- people preach team, but then yeah. their actions right. don't, don't speak it. Okay, okay, I got, got you. I, right. If I was covering the Heat, maybe my viewpoint would be a little bit different because they have that culture. <laughs> yeah, and, and right. They preach culture, but yeah, Kyrie. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be an individual, but he yeah. is. He's really an individual. He's really an individual. He's really a left brain thinker. He's he's yeah. out there. Well, this is an interesting, interesting situation. And we're actually going to bring in our producer, producer Evan, and we're going to play a new game show called What the Hell is Kyrie Going to Do? He's going to mm-hmm. give us some scenarios. So we're going to answer what we think Kyrie will do this offseason. You guys ready? Cue the game show. Cue the game show music, everybody. It's time to play our new game, What the Hell is Gonna Happen with Kyrie Irving? All right, there are four, seems to be four possibilities for how the Kyrie Irving Brooklyn Nets saga can play out this offseason. Oh, there's the music. I love it. All right, you ready? Here we go. Let's do it. Behind door number one, Kyrie could pick up his player option for the next season. He holds a $36.5 million option for the 2022-23 regular season. Behind door number two, Kyrie declined his player option and re-signed with the Brooklyn Nets where he could sign a max deal of up to five years, $245 million. Door number three, Kyrie declined his player options and re-signs with another NBA franchise, but the max deal he could get with another franchise is four years up to $182 million. And then there's door number four, which is that Kyrie picks up his player option and Brooklyn seeks the sign and trade to get his ad out of Brooklyn. Look, contestant <laughs> number one, BJ Duzabel, oh, how yeah. will this play out? Which door is going to be opened? 
Well, Evan, on the Price is Right, I'm going to go behind <laughs> door number four. Kyrie picks up player option, but Brooklyn seeks a sign and trade. If you're Kyrie Irving, you hear your general manager come out in a press conference and essentially call you out for not being there because you had the option to get the COVID vaccine and decided not to get it in this you know, half of the season and your team couldn't gel and it led to you guys getting swept by the Boston Celtics, then I kind of see how my general manager feels about me, right? So I'm going to explore my options. I'm going to pick up that fifth option instead of opting out so I can make, I believe, $36.5 million. And I'm going to go to a franchise that loves me, that wants me to play. And the thing is, we have to realize, you know, with COVID-19 still being around, I wonder, could it potentially be an issue going forward? Could they redact and take away some of those situations where you still have to get the COVID uh, nineteen vaccine. I think New play. York had the biggest, had the strongest laws against it. Yeah, so it, it, you know, and they just backed down from it. Yeah, so if he goes to another state, you know, he might not have that issue, and he'll be able to play majority of the game. So I'm going with option number four behind door number four. You know, Kyrie picks up player option, and Brooklyn seeks a sign and trade. All right, that brings us to contestant number two, Omar Kelly. Which door will be open? I'm picking the option of Kyrie Irvin opting out of his contract and signing with another team. Kyrie Irvin has made $160 million in career earnings at the age of 30. I don't think he needs to be, you know, cowering to the, the, the Brooklyn Nets to ensure that he gets the top dollar value. I think Kyrie, that, that's just in basketball earnings. We're not even talking about his endorsements and sneaker deal. I think he is such a left brain thinker and he's such an individual. He'll go sign with whoever he feels. He might go sign with the with the Golden State Warriors. Just, no, just that ain't happening. Yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> it's I, not I, happening. That, that, that ain't happening. But Kyrie, I, I really don't think that uh even though he's kind of worn out his welcome around the league. Yes. All right, and last but certainly not least, former WNBA star Anti Chantel, which door will be open here? I actually think uh, Kyrie is going to decline his player option and re-sign with Brooklyn. Um, I think that that with with the possibility of Ben Simmons coming in and um, you know we forget about KD and and KD is his boy um, and you know they're going to talk to KD about that and and I think I think they get him right and I, and I think he he comes back to Brooklyn. Does that work next year? We'll find out. But but I actually think he he comes back to Brooklyn. We are going to keep a record of this, and whenever this plays out, we're going to bring this back, and a winner will be decided. And whoever wins this game, I don't know, gets Brandon Marshall's car. Let's give away Brandon Marshall's yeah, car. Let's give his, let's give his car away. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. You just won his top hat, Omar. <laughs> Want more I Am Athlete tonight? This your boy, B. Marshall. If so, you can get a new episode every night by subscribing to the main I Am Athlete Tonight podcast feed. We're on Mad Dog Sports Radio every weeknight, 7 and 9 Eastern. However, if you can't catch us live or you just want to hear the show again, you can always catch us on Apple or Stitcher or however you get your podcast. I Am Athlete Tonight is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. You.
Sirius XM Podcasts.